Hallelujah. Now let's give the Lord a great big praise. Let's worship him. He deserves the praise. Father, we thank you. Oh, Lord, we love you. We're so grateful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for this night, for this conference, for this particular time. We thank you for your presence and your anointing that is here. And Lord God, where your presence is, that yokes are being destroyed. And Lord, where your presence is, potential is being discovered. And I just thank you that every person that is here tonight, let them have ears to hear. Let them have a heart to receive all that you want to say tonight. Let it be all of you, Lord, and none of me. In the name of Jesus, we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. You can be seated. It is such an, uh, an honor to be back home. Amen. This is home. I've always said it and uh, for many years, and it's been like a while since I've been here. And uh, what have you been up to? <laughs> You've been up to a lot, I can see. I actually follow the ministry online. I've had a chance to listen to uh, some of the ministry over the last year, year and a half, as we've all experienced this pandemic. It's been an incredible uh, um, uh, experience. But I have to say this, as the Lord has been uh, doing this, and I've been seeing him do this in the lives of people in our church and in our city in Syracuse, New York, where I've been for the past 15 years, that God showed me this. What an opportunity. What a time. I believe that all of what we have experienced and what we've gone through, that God has allowed us to be alive for such a time as this. What a moment to be alive. What an, what an exciting time to be alive. Because it's like God has stopped everything. Everything in the world has stopped. Everything in the world was impacted by this pandemic. And I believe it was a reset. I believe it was an opportunity for God to say, listen, I'm going to erase everything. Not that God put COVID here because I don't believe he did, but he took the opportunity to stop everything from sports to government, to education, to money, to entertainment, to even in some cases the way church has been done so they can do it right. We can do it according to what he wants. I spent some time praying and seeking the Lord myself. Lord, what is it you want me to do in this time? As an executive pastor, I don't do a lot of preaching. I do a lot of things that are pastoring and dealing with crises and challenges and helping the church and the members of our congregation to, uh, um, to, to move into what God has for them. But during this time, God began to speak to me about some things. And during this particular season of the last year and a half, uh, God began to speak to me about a book. And I've been, you know, I'm overdue writing a book. I've just been so busy giving and serving the ministry. I never really uh, took the time to uh, stop and do it. And so this time I stopped and I read a book. And here's, here is uh, this book that I'm just so excited. You're actually the first church, the first church that uh, get the opportunity to see this book. Not even my home church has seen this book yet. So you're the first church. Amen. And God put in my heart to write a book for this generation called Map Your Life, how to get from where you are to where you believe God wants you to be. And I'm just so thrilled and excited about this. To the point that God said, I want you to give this book away. First phase of it, I want to give away over 100,000 copies uh, to young people all over the world that cannot and, and don't believe they can afford it. And so I believe God is calling people to help support us in this book to help get the gospel, get the word of God into the hearts of the next generation. Amen? And I'm so excited to be able to share it with you first. Pastor Richard called me uh, just a few weeks ago and just uh, reached out to me, actually texted me, and he reached out to me and we began to talk of praying about coming to uh, New Harvest and coming to the conference and coming to uh, this summit. And at the time, it was not available. At the time, it was actually on my schedule. It was, it was almost impossible in a pandemic to try to make all of this happen. 
But we began to pray, and I just, I looked at my wife, and I said, I just believe I'm supposed to be there. I spoke to her, I'm supposed to be there. And so, God, you have to make a way. You have to make this happen. I didn't know that you were praying. I didn't know <laughs> that you were praying for the same thing, and, uh, but God knew, and here we are tonight. Amen. And so, <clears throat> I've taken some time to really seek the Lord, and tonight, I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you, those of you that are here and those of you that are watching, wherever you're watching from, that God has placed in you purpose. God has placed in you a vision. Every single one of you, no matter who you are. You see, often we take a look at the people that preach and teach and sing and stand on stages and stand behind podiums and minister from the church. But I want you to know no matter who you are, whether you're on the stage or whether you're at home right now, whether you're listening to this, whatever you are, you have potential on the inside of you. That God has placed something in you for such a time as this. And tonight, I want to title this message simply this what's driving your identity you see it's important to understand before we can ever reach our potential before we can ever reach the purpose that God has for us we have to know who we are and every single person in this world has been impacted and been they're, they're, who they are their identity has been challenged and they're like who am I now? What do I supposed to do? Who am I? And I want you to know tonight that you have potential on the inside of you. You have potential living inside of you for such a time as this. Somebody say amen. What is potential? Potential is the capacity to become useful and to develop into your purpose. It is a capacity to become useful. So many people don't believe that they're useful. So many people don't believe that they have a potential. They don't believe that they have purpose. They don't believe that they are significant. But God sent me all the way here from Syracuse to tell you that yes, you do. You have potential. But it's important for us to look at what is it that's defining who we are? What's driving your identity? What's driving people to believe that they don't have potential? What's driving people to believe that life is over, that I don't have any hope, that there's nothing else for me? Well, I believe this is an important question for us to ask ourselves. It's an important question for us to search deep down inside. And why is it important to know what's driving me? It's the reason why your identity, everybody say identity. Your identity or how you see yourself is the bedrock and the key to your purpose in life. Your identity is your bedrock. It's, it, it is the important thing to understand how you're going to fulfill this purpose. You are not an accident. If you don't know who you are, if you don't understand that you've been created with a purpose, you've been created with potential, you, it's important for you to know, if you don't know that, others will tell you who you are. People have been telling us for the last year that life is over, life will never be the same, and all of these different things we've been labeled, we've been put, all these different identities been put on us. But I want you to know tonight that you have potential. Hallelujah. I read a quote the other day that was so powerful. It says that the best, it's best for you to know who you are because, and become yourself because everyone else is already taken. Why is it that we try to be others? Why is it that we try to fit ourselves into the mold of somebody else or something that the world has said we're supposed to be or something that, 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 that culture says we're supposed to be? It's important for us to define who we are. It's important for us to know that God has a future for us, that God has potential on the inside of us, and it begins and it starts and it will finish with your identity. We will never rise above the inner belief that we have about ourselves. I remember what this feels like. 
I remember not knowing who I was. I remember not, not knowing my purpose and not just searching and changing and, 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 and going all around and trying to become this and be, trying to become that and trying to talk a certain way and trying to dress a certain way and trying to fit in with the world and fit in with culture and trying to be what everybody else said I'd be. But then I found the Word of God. If we believe the wrong thing, about ourselves. We will spend our lives trying to become something that we are not and avoiding the things that we really are to be. In the very beginning, God began to tell us who we are. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it's a scripture that we all have read and heard, but I just want to read uh, just a portion of that scripture here. But it says in, in verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image and according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I want you to know you have authority over creeps. Hallelujah. My brother was up here earlier. He was talking about chickens, and he don't eat his chickens because he, you know, he named them. I'm so glad I don't know the name of the chicken that I'm eating. Amen. And God gave me authority over it in Jesus' name. You see, you got to understand that your identity started with God. Your identity did not start with a pandemic. It did not end with a pandemic. It did my identity. Listen, I'm... In, in, the, in the world, I'm a black man, but to God, my skin color doesn't define who I am. Come on. The Bible says, let us make man in our image. An image is a reflection of that which is. When you hear that, let us make man in our image, an image is a reflection of that which is. What are you? Basically, we are the exact image of God. We are not what the world has told us. We are not our addictions. We are not the labels that the world has put on us. You are not those things. You are the image of God. He says we are a mirror of his likeness. What is likeness? Likeness actually means the same class, same kind. Turn to the person next to you and say, you got, you classy like God. Go ahead and tell them, you classy like God. Turn to somebody else and say, you got God all over you. Look at you, you got God all over you. See, the only way I know how I look personally and physically because I see myself every day. You do too. We see ourselves every day in the mirror. And when I look into the mirror, I can identify myself in a picture later on or online or through a, a, a photo. It's because I've seen my image thousands of times in the mirror. When I look in the mirror, I see myself and I'm not ashamed of my nose. I'm not ashamed of my head. I'm not ashamed of my ears and my chin. I look at myself. That's who I am because I look in the mirror every day at myself. So no matter what you say about me, I tell people this all the time, don't worry about what people say about you, people labeling you and, and, and stereotyping you. Listen, know who you are, and this is important. Don't be fall, falling for it. People are always going to have something to say. People are always going to talk about you. So listen, live within your identity and give them something to talk about. And just like we look into a mirror every day and we see ourselves and we identify ourselves. You know, it's, it's important. I, I don't just look at myself and not look at my, I talk to myself every morning. So what's up, man? What you doing? Look at you. Who are you? You know, it's, 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 a, it's important to know who you are. As, as you know, and just to be real, as an African-American, Growing up in our country, African-Americans, many of us, we don't know where we came from. We don't know our ancestors. We don't know, some people do and some don't. And so a couple years ago, I was given a gift. Someone gave me the gift of 23andMe. 
And I began to do the 23 and Me, and did that uh, research, sent it off, and I've gone to Africa, and I've spoken in Africa four or five times over the last 30, 40 years, and I always would ask when I go to Africa, hey, where do you think I'm from? And they would always give me certain answers. And almost every single person from Africa, no matter where I went, I would ask them, what part of Africa you think I'm from? And they would say, oh, your head, your face, your nose, your features, you're definitely from West Africa. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, that's awesome. West Side, you know, it's like awesome. It was, it was amazing. So I, I didn't really know, I didn't really know, so I, I took this DNA test. And it came back, and was was um, interesting facts. It came back that I was actually 82% West African. It was amazing, and also it was that I was 18% European or Irish. So you know what I found out? I'm the original blackish. But let me tell you how God works. Knowing who you are and knowing your purpose and your identity and the potential that's on the inside of you. The very first place I ever went to in Africa to preach was in a place called Cameroon, West Africa. I go to Cameroon, I preach, and I had to preach through an interpreter. And it was so amazing as I'm preaching through this interpreter. It was a French-speaking uh, area of West Africa. I'm, I'm preaching. I didn't know this at the time. And, and that was, this was many years ago, about 25 years ago when I first went to Africa. And it was actually Cameroon, West Africa. At the end of one of my uh, services one night, I'm praying. And I, be and I begin to pray in the Spirit. And I begin to speak in other tongues, and I begin to prophesy. As I begin to pray and I begin to speak, God began to move through the interpreter. But what was powerful is this. At the end of the service, a group of young people come up to me, and they knew English because they follow Western culture, and they said, Pastor Lee, how do you know our language in our tribe? When you were praying in the spirit, you were speaking our tribal language. True story. You were praying over our village. You were prophesying over our culture. You were speaking to our land. I didn't know at the time, but God knew where I was from. I honestly believe that I was preaching from the original tribe, tribal language that I was from. My prayer language was praying from the original place my ancestors were from. You see, it's important to know that God has placed inside of you something special. God has placed in some, in something inside of you. He's given you an identity. It's no accident that you're in this church. There's no accident that you are serving where you're serving. It's no accident that you have God in your life right now. As we heard these incredible testimonies tonight, it's no accident. But what the enemy wants to do, and I believe this, he is, Satan is the original identity theft. He tries to steal the identity of people. You see, if I'd given up on my life 25 years ago, I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing right now. If I'd have listened to what everybody was saying about me, even what the enemy was saying about me, and Satan wants to stop you, and how's he doing? He comes at our mind. He begins to tell us things about ourselves and begin to try to point out the negative things. You see, Satan, he did this with Eve. He came at her, and he got her to drive away from who she was. And she began to see herself opposite of what God was saying about her. Satan is the original identity theft. He's a thief. And he, the Bible says this in John 10 and 10, that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Let's drill down a little on this identity thing. What is identity? Identity is the condition of being oneself. It's who you are. Identity theft is real. We live in a culture now, more than ever, we see people are being, that their identities are being stolen in the natural. 
People are stealing people's social security um, numbers and they're taking their passwords and they're doing everything they can to, to, to get personal gain from them. No different than the enemy. No one is stealing more from people than the enemy himself, than the devil. He's doing everything he can to try to rob people of their purpose, their potential, the power, the gifts, and marriages. You know, it's amazing. It's so incredible to me how marriages have been attacked during the pandemic. Families are being destroyed. Why? Because the enemy is stealing. As fast as we see people stealing people's identity, we look at all these numbers. You know, every two seconds, someone becomes a victim of identity theft in our world. Last year, over almost five million people's identity were stolen. But can you compare how many, can you think about how many's identities were taken? Marriages that were stolen? Children that were stolen, but I want you to know, they have these companies now that go out and find and restore your identity. God has, I believe, placed this conference here to help people to reconnect with their identity. First Thessalonians chapter 5. I love this scripture. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24, I just want you to know I'm about to go real fast now. Take plenty of notes. This is this, we're going to go on a ride. We're talking about what drives your identity. We're about to go into hyperspeed here. We're about to do NASCAR. We're about to do Indy. We're about to, do, we, we're about to go. I'm telling you, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and your, whole, and your soul and your body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. And God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. Everybody say God is faithful. So many people don't know this, but in order for you to truly fulfill your potential, what God's called you, you've got to know who you are. And here's what I want you to see tonight, that one of the most important revelations you can get from the Word of God is to understand who you are in Christ. And here's why. When we understand who we are, we, and understand our identity that God has made us, it, it helps us to not go against anything that God's purpose is for our life. It's, it simply, it drives us to follow God's plan for our life. When I understand who I am, when you understand who you are in Christ, you don't get distracted. Now, I didn't say distractions don't come, because they do. But you don't get pulled away. You see, the reason why, you know, and compared to Pastor uh, uh, Richard and Pastor Nancy, Tonya and I, you know, uh, we're still babies in our marriage, but we've been married 32 years. And people ask us all the time, how? It's because I, we know who we are. We know who we are. Now, do I get on her nerves? You better believe it. Does she get on my nerves? Yes, I love it when she gets on my nerves. However, I understand this, that when I know who I am, nothing can distract me. You see, when you know who you are, let me give you this. I took the word drive. I was in my hotel room today, and I was praying, and the Lord began to give me these words, and I, he kind of works with me this way. And he gave me the word drive, and then he gave me a different word for in every letter in drive. And here's the thing. When I understand who I am, when you understand who, who you are, here's what happens. You cannot be distracted by your desires. Your desires line up with God. You're, you know, here's the other thing. When you understand who you are in God, there's, there's something about your life you begin to live righteously. You make righteous decisions. You, make, you have a righteous mindset. You have righteous attitudes. So many people, not here at this church, but the other churches I know, their attitude is no longer righteous. Amen. Say amen or ouch, either one works. When your identity, when, you, when your identity is driven by God, you, you, you do what you know what is important. What's important? What's the important things to do? Not what's popular, not what everybody is doing, not what's faddish, but what's important. When your identity is in line with God, vision is strong in your heart. When your identity is been driven by what Christ says you are, then expectations 
are silent. You see, I believe that God is doing some things in our life, and it's normal for our people to try to find their identity and other things. It started off with us as kids. You ever seen kids? You know, I, I remember when I was growing up. See, people look at me now, but I didn't, I was, I didn't know who I was. I didn't have a father. I didn't, I didn't, people were telling me, I grew up hearing people tell me, you'll never amount to anything. I, I, I grew up with people telling me, you'll be in jail or dead before you're 20 years old. I remember those things being said about me, and then I got a hold of the work because I started off as a, as a little kid. I didn't know. I was just following what everybody else was doing. And I found some pictures of myself as a kid growing up. Let me show you because everybody knows me as Pastor Lee, but in my neighborhood, I was named Butch. Butch was my name. And I was this little kid just trying to live life. Let me show you some pictures, guys. Go ahead. That, that was me. That was, that was Butch. Butch, didn't, I didn't have a lot of purpose. I didn't know what was going on. I, I, I had no idea. But God knew. Stop right there. From the very beginning, God knew. Man, I was thinking about something. What's going on? God, what's my purpose in life? You know what's so funny? I, I do that to this day. I literally do that to this day. I, I, but from the beginning. And we grow up as kids. We're always trying to figure out who we are. And we want people to give us that support. That's why kids always like, look at me. You ever say, kids, look at me. Look at me dance. Look at me be stupid. Look at me. Look at me. I mean, it's just like kids always, look at me dance. Look at me sing. Do I have to? <laughs> and here's what happens. If we don't get the identity that God has called us to be from the word, we grow up as adults doing the same thing. Look at the culture we live in right now. Look at what people do with social media. Look at me. Look at me. Look at what I'm eating. I don't care what you're eating. Look at me what I'm doing. Look at me. Look at what I'm driving. Look at what I'm wearing. Look at me. Hey, look at me. It's because people are saying, look at me, because people don't, have not defined who they are. We've got to find who we are in God. Here's what the Bible says. Are you being blessed by this? We're just getting started, I'm telling you. Because here's the reality. Here's the reality. We're we, we having people look at us. God has not made us to have people look at us all the time. God made us to say, look at the God in me, not look at me. Hebrews 12 and 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, not looking unto Lee, not looking up to you, not looking up to your clothes, not looking up to your money, not looking up to your status, not looking up to your title, but looking unto Jesus. Who is he? The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is how we should be telling people, look at God in me. Look at what God is doing in me. Look at what God has done through me. Look at what God has done in my life. Look at how God has delivered me from this. Look how God has blessed my marriage. Look how God has blessed my family. Look at the God in me. Hallelujah. The God in me. Everybody say the God in me. See, if you're born again, you're a child of God. And that gives you a spiritual birthright. And it's all right to brag on God. It's all right to talk about what God has done in your life. But don't just live your life trying to fulfill your potential by telling people to look at you. We've seen you, but we know who you are and we know why you're doing what you're doing. And it's time to not just give God some glory that when we're winning an award or when great things are happening. You know what? It's time to give God glory every single day. Whether I, listen, give him praise. Give him glory. Begin to thank him right now because thank God. Oh, I'm telling you, I know he's good. Anybody know that he's good tonight? Anybody know that God is great tonight? Come on, give him praise right now. Give him glory right now. This is the authority that we need to be living in. 
This is the voice we need to be speaking in. Because when we begin to do this, I'm telling you right now, this is why I believe God has reset everything. What an opportunity for the local church. What an opportunity for the body of Christ. When we walk in the identity of God, I'm telling you miracles like we've never seen before are happening. Deliverance that you've never experienced before will begin to happen. But you've got to know who you are. You've got to be bold in the authority of God. John chapter 1 verse 12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, I want you to see this, what your identity is. you got to believe in this. Don't just believe in some DNA test. Don't just believe in something somebody told you. Believe in the, this is the true birth, this is your true birthright. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born of natural descent, nor are human decision, are a, are a husband's will, but born of God. You are born again. You have the, the identity of Christ on the inside of you. And you've got to walk in that authority. You don't have to apologize for being. Listen, it's time out for Christians to be apologizing for being born again. It's, the day is over for the church to apologize for being the church. We have a right to be bold in Christ Jesus. Walk in that authority. You see, when my daughters come to our house, they, they don't live with us anymore, thank God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are blessed, amen, my wife and I. We, we are true empty nesters. We're excited about that. Love that the nest is in. Listen, I get to run around that nest a lot more with my wife now, amen. Let them go. Let me tell you something. People are holding on to their kids like, oh, no, no, Lee. He's, listen, he's 45. Let him go. He's so, he can make it now. He can, yes. Him and your grandkids have to go. I don't know who that's for, but that was for somebody. That wasn't in the message, but it was in the message. It was a message for you. Amen. Receive that right now. Receive that in Jesus' name. <laughs> now listen, my daughters don't live with us anymore but they know who they are. When they walk in the house, they don't walk in the house, hey daddy, mom, can, can, can I have something to eat? No, they walk in the house, go right to the refrigerator, they just, they, <laughs> matter of fact, it's interesting, like they, 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 they have all, they have the password to all of our stuff, Netflix and all of the, that's like, they have authority, they know, they don't ask permission every time, can I do this? No, because they know who they are. It's time for the children of God to know who they are. Stop walking into the promises of God, into the house of God, and repenting all the time. God's forgiven you. God has blessed you. God has given you everything you need as his sons and daughters. Start acting like the sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah! You see, my daughters have made many mistakes. They've done things before that I'm not proud of. They're not proud of. But I don't punish them for the rest of their life. And I want you to know something. There's somebody here tonight. There's someone watching right now. You're walking around with this guilty mentality and this attitude with your head down. And you can't move in your potential. And you can't move in your purpose because you're so afraid and ashamed of what you think God is thinking of you. And what people are thinking of you. God doesn't think of that of you. My daughter's made some decisions over the years that we're not proud of, but we don't like, hey, you remember when you were three? You remember when you pottied on yourself at two? Girl, I don't know about you right now. She's 27 years old. I'm not going to hold that over her head. Guess what? God is not doing that to you. The potential that you have, God sees it. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes, that when God looks at you, he's not looking at your failures. He's not looking at your flaws. He's not looking at your fears. He's not looking at your faults. When God looks at his sons and daughters, you know what he's looking at? He's looking at potential. 
He knows what he placed in you the moment you were born. He knew what you were made to be. And that's what God looks at you. That's why as you are proud of your children. You ever seen your children when they were growing up? It's everything they do. He's just so proud of them. I mean, they bring home, little kids, they would bring home those pictures from school. They were the ugliest pictures in the world. Come on, let's just be honest. They were so ugly, you couldn't identify anything on it. But you were so proud. Look at Bama's baby. That is so dumb. Who is this? That's you. Where? Right there. And that's mommy. And that's our house. It's like, what, really? What is that? What's that in the sky? Those, those are birds. Really? It looks like W's. But we're so proud. I remember my daughter, Alexis, and she took her to have swimming lessons. And she was so excited about swimming. And I was just looking at her. She was about to drown. So, so looking at me just to make sure I was happy. And then I went, girl, you better swim. You're going to drown. I want you to know something, that God looks at you. He doesn't see your flaws. God looks at you. He sees your potential. He sees the promises. He sees the purpose. He doesn't see any of the things that you have identified yourself with. If you're going to fulfill your tip potential, if you're going to reach your potential, you've got to see yourself the way God sees you. Amen. Galatians 2, verse 20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. You see, God wants us to stop thinking about ourselves. In the way that God wants us to stop looking at ourselves in the ways of our past, in our sins, in our failures. Since my old self has been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live. Butch doesn't live. <laughs> Funny story. I remember when I decided I was no longer going to be called Butch. That was my nickname. If you lived in the hood, anybody from the hood? Okay. <laughs> I know, you can act like it now. I know you was like, oh no, not me. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, hood, what is that? You know. But everybody has a nickname. My nickname was Butch. And so I remember when I started to understand that I had an identity. And I remember when I started to say, I'm not going to answer to Butch anymore. Everybody calling me Butch, I'm like, I'm not going to answer. And so I remember, I'm going to stand on this. I am Lee Richard Wilson, Jr. And so I remember I was strong with this. I was committed. I'm going to show you how committed I was. One day, as a young man, I decided I got the promises of God and found out that my old self has been crucified with Christ. I decided I'm not going to be answering the butch anymore. Well, my mom, all my life, has called me butch. And so I decided I'm not going to be Butch anymore, and Mom actually decided I'm going to still be Butch. So she started calling my name one day. And I remember sitting in my room and hearing her call, Butch! 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 Butch, come here! Butch, now I know you hear me calling you. This is the last time I'm going to call you Butch. And I was in my room. She came in my room. She said, boy... Didn't you hear me call you? I said, you call me Butch. My name is Lee Richard Wilson, Jr. And that's the last thing I remember about that. <laughs> my mom spelled my name out with a whooping with every letter in my name. So your name, is, your name is Lee, huh? So I'm going to tell you, Lee Richard Wilson, Jr., when I call you, you come. <laughs> My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I want you to close your eyes right now. Everybody close your eyes, even if you're at home. I want you to hear this scripture from the anointing, from the presence of God. Because somebody right now, your identity is being formed right now as you hear this. My old self has, not, has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When we receive Christ... You can open your eyes. Some people, you needed me to say, open your eyes because you almost went to sleep. <laughs> when we receive Christ, we no longer look to the world for our identity. Our identity comes from God. 
Please understand that. Please receive that tonight. Stop identifying yourself with your problems. Stop identifying yourself with your pain. Stop identifying yourself with people. Stop identifying yourself with the pressures of this world. Stop identifying yourself with the past and identify yourself with the promises of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful today. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful today that it's not my works that make me. I'm so thankful today it's not wealth that makes me. I'm so thankful today it's, it's not winning. All I do is win. Listen, that doesn't, that's, that's not what I identify myself with. Who I am in Christ. Who you are in Christ. That's where potential comes from. You see, when I look at my life, I'm a high school dropout. I dropped out in the 12th grade, not because I was dumb, but because I was on the wrong path and I was listening to the wrong people and, 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 and dealing with things from the past and all of that. And I dropped out of high school. I never spent a day in college. And I'm not bragging about there are some people, they're just born for college. They love college. My wife is one of them. And some people are smart and all of that. I listen, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an executive pastor and I have about 12 staff people, people under me. And all the people that are under me, every single one of them have degrees or two or three degrees. And how is it that I do that? It's not me. How do I write a book? <laughs> Man, you ever seen, I can't hardly spell. I really can't. I mean, I can spell a few things. I, you know, I can't count. I don't know math, but I can count money. Now, I can count money. I can tell you that. <laughs> you don't believe me? Put something in my hand. I'll tell you exactly how much it is. But I, I, I'm telling you about potential. In you is a book. Your story. God placed a story in your life. And it's not just for you. It's for somebody else. It's for millions of people. And listen, I'm telling you, it's bigger than Norwalk. It's bigger than Los Angeles. It's bigger than California. It's bigger than wherever you're watching from. God has put some inside of you potential. Don't identify yourself with this. Don't allow yourself to be driven by these things. Your proof is the word of God. I brought my license with me. Can't travel without it. It's my license. I can't go through security at the airport. I can't travel without some identification. This is who I am in the natural. But when I look at the Word of God, that's who I really am. That's my identity. And I can't allow anything to distract me from my potential and my purpose. You know, as I begin to think about this potential and I begin to think about purpose, I begin to think about distractions, it made me kind of go on a little search of thinking about what is it that causes distractions in our life? And how do we stay on the path that God has for us with distractions? And it made me start thinking about women drivers. Especially mom drivers. I'm here. Now, guys, listen, don't, don't boo me out of the place. But I'm going I'm to make, make a statement right now that's going to probably shock a lot of you. I think that moms are some of the best drivers in the world. Yeah. Right now, I, I know some guys like, Lee, what are you doing, man? You're messing up right now. The man code. Come on, man. We know, we know what's happening. I, no, that's not what my car says. My car does not say that my moms are the best drivers. But I'm going to tell you, I do some research. Actually, this is research. According to research, men are more likely to have an accident driving than women. Actual facts. Research has proven this. Now, why am I saying this? I'm saying this is because if we're living and driving up towards our identity and our purpose in life, there's going to be distractions that come your way. And you've got to still continue to drive in this world and drive through your purpose and for your purpose, all while the enemy's throwing things at you. Think about moms. Let me show you why I believe moms are some of the best drivers in the midst of distractions like nothing else. Moms, while driving, they have to break up fights hand out juice packs and chicken nuggets while driving. Pick up them chicken nuggets from the floor, DJ and sing the same song for three years in a row. <laughs> she has mastered using the rearview mirror while driving and saying things like, please don't get out of your car seat. 
Stop teasing your sister. <laughs> Someone needs a nap. <laughs> Someone needs a wipe. <laughs> Someone needs a time out. <laughs> Moms are amazing. They do things that no, while they're driving. And think, think about, what are you doing? How distracted do you get driving towards your purpose? God is saying something to us tonight. You know, in order to drive in the world and drive in America, you've got to be mature or you've got to have an age of maturity. I just want you to know something. To drive through your purpose and drive for your potential, um, maturity is not an age. Maturity is not appearance or achievement. It's not about academics. It's about truly growing and fully developing and completing what God has called you to do. That's who you are. And as I close this out tonight, have you been blessed by this? Amen. Your success in life, your potential as a Christian will depend on how you apply God's word to your life. God told us how to do this. You know, when you go out to drive and become a driver in our, in our country, you got to go to the DMV manual and read that, and then you have to actually apply that. You have to do three things. you got to have a vision test. you got to actually have a, 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 um, a written test, and then you have to do a driving test. I believe the same thing applies spiritually. God is giving us some things. This is why he says in Habakkuk 2 and 2, write the vision down. Listen, let's not live in the past of 2020. Let's start begin to write down the vision. Begin to write down what God is saying to you right now. As, you're, as I'm speaking, God is saying some things to you. Write that down. Some of you wrote down some things. You remember those journals you used to write? Remember those notes you used to take in church? All that? God said, go back to that tonight. You wrote down some things that I spoke to you back in 1997. Um, to some of you, 2008, I said something to you and your husband. God says, I said something to you in church four years ago. Write that down. And you wrote it down, but you forgot about it. See, God says, listen, if we're going to fulfill the, the we're going to drive towards our potential, there, there's a written test. There's a vision I've given you. There's a vision I've given you. You see, I remember, boy, as a kid growing up saying, I remember 2020. I couldn't wait for 2020. Anybody remember that? Growing up, come on, let's be honest. We thought 2020 was going to be the most incredible year. <laughs> 2020 got to be awesome, man. 2020 is going to be the year of vision. And boy, was it. You see, in 2020, I just don't see the pandemic. I don't see all the stuff. I see, I see the glory of God. The promise of God. And God is giving you vision right now. God has placed some things inside of you, but it comes from the written word. Proverbs 4 and 20 says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of life. See, driving in life is a lot like driving in the real world. Driving in life, you're going to have to be focused on the words that are inside the manual. You gotta be focused in the word, the word of God. That's the manual. That's the DMV manual for us as believers. When we focus on that, listen, we guard our heart against all else. God says it will determine the course of life. It will determine your destination. Stop letting CNN be your map. Stop letting Fox News be your map. Stop letting Facebook be your map. As a matter of fact, don't let Facebook be your direction. Be in his face and let his book be your direction. I grew up not knowing who I was. And so many people allowed the labels of this world to identify their potential. You know, I, I'm a lot of things. Um, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I'm a pastor, I'm a brother, I'm a brother. Yeah, I got it, you got it, you got it, yeah. 
And I'm intelligent. Just like Pastor Bernie. I'm, I'm good looking. Just like Pastor Richard. He's saying, why are you, are you bragging? See, these, these, these labels or these name badges I put on, these are things that um, I'm proud of. I'm going to tell you why. Because there was a time I didn't think these things about myself. Like so many people today, their identity has been driven by what the world says about them. There was a time those labels that I would paste on me, I'm stupid. Uh, if I'm unworthy, this may be how somebody's feeling about themselves right now. I used to actually think I was ugly. I used to think I was poor. I used to think, man, I'm so dumb. I'm, I'm a failure. That's how I used to think about myself until I saw what God's word says about me. Until I got a hold of his promises, what I'm saying to you tonight. God loves you. Bible says that if you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He's the Holy Spirit. You see, I got a hold of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit helps me no longer see myself as dumb or as a failure. Do I still fail at times? Yes. Do I still say dumb things and make dumb decisions? Yeah. But that's not who I am. You see, I'm no longer those things. And I've stripped off those labels. I don't live by those labels. And I'm not where I want to be, but I can tell you something. I'm not where I was. And I'm not bragging on me because I couldn't be the dad that I am without God. I couldn't be as intelligent as I am without God. Degrees don't make me. Make sure I got them all. It's knowing God and knowing all of his promises. The Holy Spirit who's alive today that's well living inside of you. You know, if you have any new, a newer car, in most new cars today, they have this driver's alert system that even when you are not paying attention while you're driving or you didn't see it coming, that driver alert system in these cars actually stops your car for you or warns you or begins to just, just shake a little to say, hey, there's an accident. Hey, there's a car close to you. Hey, there's a car next to you. The lights begin to blink. That's what the Holy Spirit is for us. As we're driving in this life, if you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, if you allow the Holy Spirit to have a voice in your life, He'll nudge you every now and then. He'll shake you. He will tell you things to come. He will help you to fulfill the potential that God has for your life. Here's the deal. It's never going to be on your own. You're not going to succeed in this life on your own. You are smart. You are intelligent. You have degrees. You have money. You have all of the status and the titles that the world says. But inside every day, you're empty. Inside every day, you are just crying to yourself and you're empty. You got a house with all of this stuff and yet you feel lonely than you've ever felt before. It's because you're driving without true assistance. You're driving without the power of God and his potential on the inside of you. It's time for you to walk in that and live in that. Stop seeing yourself as ugly. Stop seeing yourself as a failure. Stop seeing yourself as a sticker or a label. Who are you? You are who you say you are. And that's why God has this conference. There's a story of a village. In this village, there's a father who found out there was a man coming to town to marry 
uh, one, of the, the, one of the daughters of one of the farmers in this village. This guy comes to town and he's going to give 10 cows to the father of the daughter that he asked for hand in marriage. Well, this one father heard about this, so he began to fix up his farm. He began to get his daughters ready. He had two daughters, one that was older and not so attractive, and, but, uh, but he, he wanted to at least you know, make her available. And then he had this other daughter that was young and everyone knew she was beautiful. And this guy was coming to town and of course this guy came to his farm and he saw his daughters. And he says, I want to marry your daughter. Well, the, the dad thought for sure he was talking about the younger, beautiful daughter. And the guy says, I'm going to give you 10 cows, but I don't want the younger one. I want her. He's like, my, her? He says, yes. Are you sure? He's like, yes, I want her. And everybody was shocked by it. And the dad was like, hurry up, find the preacher so that we can get them married before he changed his mind. Well, the tradition in this village was when you get married, you go away for a year. And so they went away for a year. And, and when the year came back around, what they do in this village is everyone goes to the edge of town and they wait on the road and they cheer on the new couple that's coming in. And the, after one year of honeymoon, they stayed away. And as they were coming closer to the village, the dad began to look and he began to see something that surprised them. He began to see this woman that was not his daughter. He began to see this woman that was beautiful and attractive and glowing. And he was getting upset and very, very embarrassed because how could this young man do this to him and do this to his daughter? He knew that she wasn't in his mind attractive and she was older, but how could he do this? And how could he bring it back to the village? But here's what happened. As he got closer, they got closer to the village, he realized who he thought wasn't his daughter, really was his daughter. He was surprised as everyone in the village was because she, was, she looked 20 years younger. She was beautiful. She was glowing. She was smiling. And, and, and the dad was like, what happened? How did this happen? And what happened is this. Over the whole year, the new husband for this woman that did not look good in herself, she had been carrying the images of what everybody else said about her. He began to speak to her how beautiful she was. He began to tell her that she was his queen and that she had, had God's glory on her life. He began to just speak positive things to her. He began to speak beautiful things to her. And what she began to do is she began to see what he was saying about her. It changed her image of herself. And she carried herself differently. I'm saying this to you today, that the Father is speaking over your life today. He's speaking to you today. And he's saying your potential is amazing. You're the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. You're blessed going in and you're blessed going out. You're not uh, broke. You're not in debt. You're not ugly. You're beautiful. You're handsome, you're intelligent, you're rich, you're walking with talent. You have so much to offer this world. You're not what your boss has been saying about you. You're not what your parents have said about you. You're not what the, what the news have said about you. You are amazing. You are incredible. You are anointed. You are a preacher. You are a minister. You are a missionary. You are an owner of a business. You have, what, you have everything in you to do what the Father has called you to do. I want you to stand on your feet right now. I want you to begin to praise God. I want you to begin to see yourself. As you see yourself every day in the mirror, I want you to see yourself in the mirror of God's word right now. Begin to thank him right now. Begin to praise him right now. Some of you haven't praised God in over a year publicly. Right now, begin to praise him. Begin to stir up the promise, the potential of God. You're not the sickness that the world has labeled you. You are not what the doctor has said. You are the healed of the Lord. You are the blessed of the Lord. Your husband is blessed. Your wife is blessed. Your children are blessed. Your home is blessed. Your church is blessed. Hallelujah. Your finances are blessed. Your body is blessed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You have peace that surpasses all understanding.
I break the spirit of suicide right now. You're not to kill yourself. You shall live and not die. You have potential. You have a purpose. The enemy wants to take you out of here because he knows God's purpose for your life. He cannot have you. You belong to God. Hallelujah. There's a business in you. There's a book in you. Hallelujah. There's a song in you. There's an idea in you that's so big it's going to change the world. Re reach out right now. Reach out. That potential is there. Receive that in the name of Jesus. Do a miracle in the hearts of men right now. In the name of Jesus, God is restoring marriages. There's someone right now, you've this week, in the, by the Spirit of the Lord, you've already, you've talked about it, a husband and a wife, you've talked about it, and you've made a decision, it's over. In the name of Jesus, it is not over. What God has put together, let no man tear apart. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father, for restoring marriages right now. Give them a love, a first love. Let them see the love that, they, that you put in them from the very beginning in the name of Jesus. Restore that marriage in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. Don't live in the guilt of that affair. There's an affair that's caused this. In the name of Jesus, you've been forgiven and set free from that addiction, from that pornography. In the name of Jesus, love your husband the way you loved him before. Love your wife in the name of Jesus the way you loved her before. Oh, praise him right now, church. Jesus we will reach our potential we will accomplish all that you called us to do in the name of Jesus and while every head is bowed and every eye is closed